0: This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the World Championships on the Big Island.
1: This is the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown, and thank you for joining me once again today. And I've got another incredible story to share with you. I'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, as I sit here in my studio in a a fairly windy but uh, beautiful Cape Town in South Africa, I'm looking at my calendar. And I can't believe that we are just a stone's throw away from the end of 2016. This year has absolutely flown by and uh, creeping up on us in just a couple of days' time is another milestone that uh, I haven't actually said much about, but uh, I'm pretty excited to tell you that the Cone Edge is officially one year old uh, this coming Friday and uh, it's just been an incredible journey and i wanted to just take this quick opportunity to say thank you to you for for showing an interest in what i'm trying to do on on in my little corner of the planet and uh, the response has been absolutely phenomenal to to say the least just to to let you know in the year We've done a quarter of a million downloads uh, of the podcast. We've been listened to in 142 different countries, which is just mind-boggling, absolutely mind-boggling. So uh, thank you. That's all I want to say is thank you for, for downloading and listening to the podcast. It uh, really makes it worthwhile, the feedback that I get, and I love getting the feedback. Keep it coming. Uh, you've got any questions or if you've got any suggestions or, 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 or just any ideas, please pop me a mail or thoughts if you want to say how's it or hi or whatever it is just pop me a mail uh it goes straight to my inbox brad at com. it's as simple as that i'd love to hear from you let me know uh where you listen to this podcast also how you found it i just uh, i love hearing the stories and i love chatting triathlon to to athletes just like me and just like you from uh around the globe so it's been a a very rewarding journey and here's to another 10 years uh as we celebrate here at the Cone Edge. It's been a a fabulous one, and uh, thank you once again for the part that you've played in it. Before we get into today's guest as well, I also just want to let you know that a week from now, pretty much, we'll be announcing uh, who the winner is of uh, our competition that we've been running here on the podcast. We're giving away an entry into an Ironman race, so a 70.3 or a full Ironman, doesn't really matter. Uh, All you need to do, and it's really easy to win, is leave us a review and a rating on iTunes, okay? Uh, If you want to find out more about it and how to enter, you you need to go to this page anyway, even if you've left the review. uh, You need to go to thekonaedge.com forward slash win. That's W-I-N. All the details are there. Leave us a review and a rating, uh, and then be in touch into the contest, and yeah, first week in December, we're going to be announcing the winner. I'm pretty excited. We We've, uh, managed to get quite a few inches in in the last week, but uh, if you've been listening to the podcast and uh, procrastinating and thinking, oh, I need to do that, now's your time, otherwise you're going to miss out, okay? You've only got a few more days to do it. That's thekonaedge.com forward slash win. Make sure you uh, get your, get your uh, entry in right now, and uh, yeah, could be you. Looking forward to that. Well, let's get straight into today's podcast. Enough of me yakking. And I almost feel like uh, we know a little bit about our next guest. And we we probably do because I've interviewed his wife on the podcast. uh, And I'm talking about Ryan Giuliano. We spoke to his wife, Jackie, uh, a few months ago. Both of them have qualified and raced on the big island. And they've got a pretty special connection to the island as well. And they had a great year in 2016. We'll find out more about that on today's podcast as well. I hope you enjoy great pleasure to welcome Ryan Giuliano onto uh, the Kona Edge. Ryan, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, definitely. Thanks for having me. Ryan, we're chatting uh, just a a few weeks post Kona 2016 and uh, it was a pretty good year. We'll we'll chat about the race uh, in in a moment, but as it stands right now, how's the body feeling? Body's
0: feeling pretty good. I was actually uh, really surprised because going into Kona, uh, I was I was feeling really run down, pretty tired. I wasn't really expecting too much uh, from the race itself. Um, and then once I raced, the, pretty much the day after, I, f- I felt pretty back to normal. And I, was, uh, I did a few easy training training runs, training rides. And I was like, well, body feels actually almost better than it did before Kona. So I was, I was pretty, pretty surprised with that.
1: So much so that you've uh, you signed up for another race before year end.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh a couple days after after Kona Jackie and I talked about um it'd be nice if we could just do one more and uh we were both feeling healthy, both feeling uh pretty good, so we're like all right, well, let's see what what's left on the calendar and uh we signed up for Ironman Cozumel which is uh coming up here shortly. Uh we did that one 2 years ago, so so we have some experience on it. We know what to expect uh and and it was it was really probably our favorite race that we've ever done, so we're excited to go back.
1: I was going to say, it's a pretty nice place to go to as well. I mean, it's 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 a, a spectacular race, but uh, as far as race venues go, there they aren't too many better.
0: Oh, definitely. It's, that's one of the reasons why we, we love the sport so much. It's uh, the places that we get to go to, and uh, I mean, Cozumel is an incredible place. It's uh, beautiful and, and warm, so uh, we, we love it there.
1: Ryan, you you talk about the places you get to go, and and we'll we'll delve a bit into to how it all started for you. But you've got a, a very special connection to to the Big Island to Kona, and, and it's not just because of triathlon.
0: Yeah, so yeah, Kona has that that interesting twist to it uh, for for my wife Jackie and I. So this was our uh, this this here was our fourth time going out there. We went four straight years in a row now, um, and it started basically from. Um, when, when we got married, we were like, it was the same weekend as as the Ironman world championships. And I I remember, uh, the day before the wedding, I was sitting on my phone tracking a few friends and I was like, wow, it'd be really cool to be out there. Um, and so I mentioned it to Jackie and we are like, well, let's try and qualify. We can celebrate our one year anniversary out there. Um, and sure enough, we qualified the next year and it just sort of turned into a tradition now. So, uh, (laughs) we'd love to make it number 5 next year.
1: <laughs> I love that. It's it's just such a cool story. I mean, Jackie Jackie told me something similar and, and I think it's I think it's absolutely fantastic. But let's let's take a step back before we discuss this year's race in particular, but where did where did your love for for triathlon emanate from?
0: Um it was pretty interesting. So, growing up, I was a, I was always a runner. So, my my older brother, my my dad, they were both runners and um I sort of picked up on that. I, I just enjoyed going to races when I was little, so going to a, a local 5K, um, jumping in, and it continued through through high school, and then once I got into college, um, I decided to run track and field for, for the school, and my college roommate at the time, he did, he did triathlons in his spare time in the summer, so he invited me to come out and go for a couple swims with him. And it was a, a, absolutely miserable because I have no swim background whatsoever. I mean, I remember jumping in the pool when I was in college and I, I couldn't even make it across a, a 25 meter pool. Um, so it was quite a shock to me. But um, I think just being uh, more of that like driven type personality and, and really dedicated to something, I, I always want to succeed. So it, it just drove me a little bit further and, and really I, I dove head first right into the sport and uh and did everything that I could to get better
1: at it. Ryan, where do you think that that sort of drive in the world to succeed comes from within you?
0: Um I think it's just I think it's just the competitive nature that I have. Um I I love, I mean no matter what I'm doing, I mean it can be uh I mean who can be the best uh, uh at making breakfast in the morning, it, it, as long as there's a competition there, it's just something that always has driven me. So whether it was in academics in school, I was always striving to do my best in school or in the athletics um, thing. It's just sort of an innate, innate part of me. <laughs>
1: Do you think? Do you think that sometimes has a, 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 a its downfall that that being that competitive in in all aspects of your life? I mean, I I chuckled to myself so you with you saying that even who, who's the best at making breakfast? I can imagine with with two sort of uh, almost type A personalities in the same household. You you and Jackie, it must get quite interesting at times.
0: <laughs> oh, definitely, and it, it's funny you talk about that. I mean, I mean the the competitive nature even just between Jackie and I sometimes is just crazy. Um. But I, it it does have some some downsides. You need to control it once in a while because there are times when you're trying to get better and you're trying to do your best, but there's always that point where you can go overboard, um, and that's where a lot of injuries or burnout can happen. So you really need to pay attention to what you're doing uh, and make sure you're not going going over the top sometimes.
1: So who makes the best breakfast between you and Jackie? Oh, I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> if I asked Jackie that question, would we get the same answer? I I
0: actually think she would agree with
1: me on that one. <laughs> You've just signed up for breakfast for life, Ryan. I hate I hate to break the news to you, but Jackie's getting breakfast in bed for the rest of her life. That's fantastic. As as far as other sports, growing up, you mentioned growing up in a in a running family. Did you did you partake in in other other sports as a kid?
0: Uh yes. So growing up, I was uh, I was big into baseball, and then I was also into wrestling for quite a while. And and I would say it turned in wrestling turned into my primary sport. Uh, so when I was finishing, finishing, finishing up school, I had to make the decision and I actually had a lot more, uh, offers for scholarships for wrestling going into, into college. So, um, and running wasn't really, I was good at it, but it wasn't, I wasn't nearly as good as I was in wrestling. So I had to make sort of the decision, what I wanted to do once I went into college. And, uh, I think I just was getting burnt out of the wrestling side of things. So cut that out and, uh, decide to. To stick with the running and see what would happen with it.
1: As far as the the dynamics go from a team sport, you mentioned baseball to to something like wrestling. Although there is with wrestling a bit of a team element, although you're on the mat by yourself. Triathlon, again, is particularly Ironman distance triathlons, a, a very lonely sort of sport. Do you do you find yourself leaning towards those individual sports more than the team team sort of things?
0: Yeah, I would say I definitely lean more towards the individual side primarily just because I like to be in control of of what my outcome is. Um, I really like pushing myself and knowing that everything is on me. Um, And in order to be my best, it's it's all going to come down to what I'm doing individually. So I've always liked that side of things.
1: It's funny you say that because I, I get that sense from a lot of triathletes that I speak to is that they, they love being in control. Kona 2016, uh, something major happened in your race that was way out of your control. You you ended up having a a pretty serious uh, bike mechanical with uh, with your crank. You, you ended up sorting it out on the way. But as an athlete and, and someone who's put in the hard yards to get to that point in a race, how do you deal with frustrations like that where things don't go according to the plan?
0: Yeah, that's that's always a part of uh, I mean it can be a definitely a frustrating part of the sport because there are parts that aren't in con, in your in your control and I think going in um to any race in general I think just having that mindset that anything can happen at any point um especially things that aren't in your control and just remembering that um that you really need to keep an even head um because if you start if your emotions start going up and down dramatically, that can put a lot of stress on your body and can really, really ruin your race. So I think just, I mean, before you go into any race that anything can happen at any time and knowing that if you can deal with it the best that you can, that's all you can do. Uh, and, and then you'll have the best race that you can get out of it in general.
1: Let's touch on on the stress that your your body goes through. because coming up in in just a short while, so Your your four fine man distance race for the the calendar year essentially. How do you deal with with the the sort of ups and downs and the stresses and the strains that your body does go through when you when you are not just training hard for one of these races. I say one. I mean this is four and 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 racing them hard as well.
0: Uh, I think the biggest part is listening to your body. So uh, I, I'm around athletes all the time. And, and especially as you mentioned, the type A personalities, um, they're always go. And if it's on the schedule, they're going to do it. And I think that's one of the biggest changes that I actually made this year was, was listening to my body a lot more. So if I was feeling fatigued, even just mentally. So if I was mentally strained or drained one day or physically drained, I would really take a step back, look at my training calendar and say, well, this might not fit in today and I'll just take the day off or I'll or alter the workout to make it a little bit easier and take that stress off myself um, and just try and relax, regroup, and then go after the next day. And I think that's the biggest change because I like to um, go into most of my workouts feeling good and confident about them. So having that short bre- uh, a break if I needed – it It made a big difference in a lot of my training sessions and just how I felt day to day
1: I find that very interesting, right because a decision like that's more of a mindset thing than a than a physical training thing where you you you've decided that you need to listen to your body you're not just going to go out there and do whatever is on the schedule for that day what what brought that brought that sort of change on this year
0: I think the biggest part is is just experience um over the years i I started to learn that um the best way to get better for myself was to be, have consistent training year after year, uh, without major interruptions. So if I, there were times where I would just get so burnt out from training or stresses in my daily life from, from work or just anything that would come up. And, uh, I learned that if I had a bit, big long stretch of training that didn't go very well, um, or I got injured or sick, It took me out for quite a while, and then I had to rebuild and regroup around that. So I started learning that, well, if I just take a day off here or two days off here, I'll get right back into my training schedule feeling good about it. And it's actually worked out pretty well because I've had a really nice stretch of just training and racing without any major hiccups. And I think year after year that that starts building. I think that's a a big reason of the success that I had this past year is that I've had a few years now under my belt of good training and good racing.
1: The more I do these podcasts, the more I realize that, yes, it is scientific in in training and and making sure you do the right things during training and and fueling your body. But what you've just mentioned there, that is the secret to success for for everyone, that if you can get those big blocks consistently uh, over a long period of time, that's where you're going to see the biggest gains.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any secret or a magic trick to any of this. Um, I think the biggest, like I said, is the biggest is getting that consistent training in, uh, without those major interruptions of either sicknesses or injuries.
1: I think a lot of people aren't going to like hearing that Ryan, because uh, there's many that are looking for for the sort of uh, magic bullets or the <laughs> whatever it is to, to 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 give them the edge. But uh, that that unfortunately is is what it is. It uh, hard work pays off, and and over a long period of time, you you reap the rewards. Let's talk about disappointments. What's what's been your biggest disappointment in your triathlon career, and what if what have you learned from it?
0: Um, I would say probably the the hardest part for me um, is. Is more of the, I would say on the swim side of things. Um, and there's oftentimes where I look at all the work that I've put in and it's just like, uh, there's, there's, it's still lagging a little bit to compared to where I would love it to be at. Um, and there's many times where I'm just, I'm working so hard and putting so much time and effort into it. And, and I think the frustration starts to set in once in a while where you, you don't really see the gains that you want to see. Um, and it's just a, it's been a really long process and, I think at the beginning of my triathlon career, I struggled with it the most because I was a really, really poor swimmer and and didn't really know what I was doing out there. But I think the biggest disappointment would be trying to get back, uh, back some of that time that I've been
1: trying to strive for. (laughs) On the flip side of that coin, what's, what are you most proud of?
0: I would say learning how to handle the distance, uh, especially in Ironman, Ironman racing. So I, I started off as a short distance um, short distance runner, so I, I liked the quarter mile, so 400 meters, 800 meters, and those are the types of events that I excelled in growing up, and it was it was quite a big shock to me trying to transition over to the in, endurance side of, of the sport, and the first couple Ironmans I did it was really, really struggled just trying to get through them, so I think learning over time how to handle the distance and and getting my body to respond properly to it uh has been the best part for me
1: i find that quite interesting because uh, not just from a racing perspective i mean a 400 meter compared to (laughs) and i say a marathon but let's talk about a marathon after all that other rubbish uh, uh, a long swim and a long bike but a a marathon on its own is uh, those two events are are radically different Uh, from a from a training and physiological point of view do you think you've changed or or is it just a case of you've changed your approach to it and that's what's made you change
0: I think it's a little bit of both. Um, so I I would say that I've done, I've altered the training quite a bit, but I still like to get back to my roots. So even though I'm training a lot for this longer endurance events, I still incorporate quite a bit of fast, hard speed work in a lot of my workouts. So if you ask me to go jump in and do A 5K straight up running race right now, I can run it pretty fast still because I still incorporate a lot of that speed and fast running into a lot of my training, Um, but I've built the endurance around it as well. So I think it's just been that progression over time of developing the endurance around my speed um, to sync and work well together.
1: Look, Looking back to, to when you started out, knowing what you know now, you, you speak about experience and, and, I mean, fourth Ironman distance race this year. So you've done a, a good few of these things. You've been to Kona a few times as well. You, you've gained a lot of experience over the years. What would you go back and tell yourself, when you if you could, starting out knowing what you know now?
0: I would say the biggest thing, as I mentioned earlier, was listening to my body. Uh, there were so many times where I was looking for that that secret where, or that magic magic trick where you could just put in hard good hard training and keep training hard and get the success. Uh, and a lot of times it just led to me having even worse performances because I was pushing myself almost too hard uh, and too often. I would tell myself to, to relax a little bit and to listen to my body a lot more uh, and try and get that consistent training over time.
1: It's. Uh, I, I love i mean that that is just such great advice and and it's sticking with me because i read a, a blog post today of of someone who raced in in kona in 2016 and i i actually want to try and get her on the podcast i'm not going to mention names but she she wrote a blog post straight after i was following her journey in the build up to and, and she wrote a blog post straight afterwards essentially saying that's it i'm done i'm done with the sport i'm burnt out i've i've had enough i never want to do this again and and that is a real danger because it's it's one thing training for a, a sprint triathlon or an olympic distance but a full Ironman distance triathlon is is all consuming it 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 really takes over your whole life and it's it's difficult to get that balance right what are some of the things that you do to to maintain that balance and avoid that burnout now
0: i would say that one of the biggest parts is incorporating a lot of different structure into into the training um as i said i still mix up a lot of my training so i'll do a, quite a bit of speed work as well within the week so and I try not to go too crazy on volume. Each person has to listen to your, their body individually uh, because my body doesn't respond to really, really high volume. So fitness from doing short, fast, quick workouts, and then maybe maybe once or twice a week adding in the endurance around it. Um, and I've noticed that a lot of times I start to feel that burnout feeling and just getting tired and, and done with the sport when I start doing big miles and big training blocks. Um, and I have to just remind myself to go back to my roots, work around it, and then uh, get my body to respond to to what, what, it, what it works best with.
1: As far as getting the the, the work life family balance right within the sports, being married to somebody who's also not just she doesn't just partake but she's a, a very good athlete in her own right how, how do you how do you juggle that i mean what first of all what, what do you do for a living and 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 does it allow a bit of flexibility or are you pretty rigid in what you have to do from a from a work perspective yes so I, I would
0: say that's one of the biggest, the biggest uh, things that has benefited me is having having a wife that is, is just as dedicated but actually probably i would say even more dedicated to the sport than i am um we do a lot of our training sessions together so uh we have a dedicated workout room in our in our house so we can do a lot of our bike workouts we do most of them indoors and we'll actually ride together quite often um so either when we're both done working or uh, squeeze it in the mornings on the weekends um and having <laughs> having Jackie that also runs almost as fast as I do it's it's nice to have someone that I can run with as well so uh we do quite a bit of our runs together as well um so we squeeze it in when we can um and also my my job I'm coach right now so I, I train a lot of endurance athletes triathletes runners cyclists um and also a, a junior elite team in the area uh, um and that gives me quite a bit of fl- flexibility as well. So um, I don't have to be in an office from 9 to 5 each day. Um, I'm a lot more flexible and can and run around quite a bit more and squeeze in, in my workouts when I need to.
1: As far as having a spouse who's who's active do you, or, or sort of in the sport as well and, and, and very competitive, do you find that you – You push each other in training, or do you find that you race each other in training? Because there's a big difference between those two and the latter, I don't think, is ideal. Yeah,
0: I don't think we're too competitive uh, when we're training together because we both know our own boundaries and what we can handle. Um, And I think that's sort of the biggest thing, if people are training together. And and it's also one of the reasons why I actually like to do a lot of my training by myself um, I I find that a lot of times when there's people that are start training together, either one person starts pushing too, too much and the other starts to compromise and, and keep up or, and then it's, it can affect their training quite a bit as well. Um, So I think it just, when we're training together, it's really nice because we, when we're riding the trainers, we ride at our own, our own efforts and our own Watts. Um, and when we're running, a lot of times we will do, we'll do similar workouts, but we stick to our own paces. Um And if, if we're far apart at the end, then we just meet up when we're finished. But we both know that we're both out there and doing it together.
1: Ryan, what's the biggest life lesson that Man has taught you?
0: I would say that if, if you put the work into it, you're going to get the rewards. So as as I mentioned before, I, I mean, nothing really comes easy. And if you can put that work in over time and just continue to build upon it, um, the rewards will come. But you just have to be patient and, and stick with your plan.
1: We, we've spoken about experience and and having experience particularly over this length of a, of a distance, but often I chat to to people on the podcast who who've only been to Kona once and and they don't have the depth of experience that perhaps someone like like you does who've who've, who've raced there a few times. How do you approach? Kona now is is it a case of going there knowing what to expect we we know no two Kona races are the same weather conditions and wind and, and that sort of thing but but do you go in there with a fixed plan and, and a fixed goal saying this is what I'm going for this year come hello high water
0: uh, I actually take more a little bit more of a laid laid back approach um, so really are the first year that I raced there I went there just looking to have fun and enjoy the experience and the second year that I went was I, I had specific time goals. I had specific, I mean, goals that I wanted to hit within the race itself. Um And then once those started to unravel on me that second year, um my race really fell apart. And, and my second year is probably the worst year that I had out there. So the last year is when I started, I took a little bit of a different approach and, and went out there trying to stick with more of a, relaxed plan so knowing that i wanted to stay within my limits know whether that what what that i could what i could control what i could do um and didn't really set myself up for for anything specific in terms of where i wanted to place or where i wanted to be um rather i tried to take what i could could control um with specifically my nutrition and my my watts and my run paces so I tried to stick with what I I could control and and not worry about anything else around me and when I once I took that approach the race seemed to go a lot better than trying to actually go out there and and
1: race. <laughs> mm. I mean, this year, if you look at your, your splits, they were pretty impressive. I mean, you talk about not being the best of swimmers, and 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 I'm always interested. I mean, for, for me, a, a, a gauge of a, a pretty decent swimmer is to dip under an hour, and, and you did that at Kona this year. And what's amazing, and it just shows you the depth of the field in a race like Kona, is you you dip under an hour and you you just shy or you just in the top 100 in your age group. I mean, that that's that's phenomenal. But it also sets you up that you you're still with the big pack, but you 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 with the, the way your race goes. You, you're catching people for the rest of the day. It's, it's like you're going forward as opposed to getting out first or second and then just having people catch you for the rest of the day.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, I mean, coming out sort of that mid-pack is... is I, I actually would almost prefer it that way. Um, I like to set my targets ahead of me and, and just sort of... You almost get a better feeling when you're doing the passing rather than being passed
1: Ryan, let's talk about partic- this year, Kona this year. There, there was a lot of talk. There have been photos that have been circling ab- about the, the packs on, on the bike and, and, and drafting and whether uh, it's cheating or not. It's, I mean, you, you come out the water in, a, in, a, in a, where, where most of the age group is coming out, around about an hour. Ta- tell us about the first sort of 10, 20, 30 miles of that bike, what it's like and, and how difficult it is to not get caught up in one of those groups.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting dyma- dynamic um, coming out with with quite a few others around me. Um, it, in in general, the first the, those first ten fifteen miles are are looping through town, so there's not really much that you can do. Um, there's there's a bunch of turns, there's the downhills, and uh, it doesn't it, there's no real real space to actually get spread out. So it's sort of expected that there's going to be a, a quite a bit of close riding within those first fifteen miles. But once you get out onto the the queen k Highway is when you would expect it to open up quite a bit more um but i would say it it does get it does get a little disappointing and frustrating out there uh this year was i would say probably the worst that i've seen it as well um in terms of the the groups of riders that were around me um and it does it does mess with the race just quite a bit more because once you uh, once you're trying to right away from a pack uh you're you're putting in quite big efforts and and then you sort of i mean if, if it's a large enough string of riders you, you're going to have to push for quite a while uh just to get to the front and get ahead of everybody so you're almost burning your matches in a way trying to get away from a bunch of the other riders uh so i would say those first probably maybe 35 40 miles of my race this year were affected by it quite a bit uh, i was putting in a lot bigger surges than i wanted to to try and get away from some of the packs um and eventually it worked out um i think once you sort of get out to around that close to, close to that turnaround is when start, people start to really figure out where where they belong and i didn't really run into too many problems this year with with any of the packs so it was was pretty good
1: were you pretty disappointed with with the way things turned out on the bike because of the mechanical? And I mean, you you got back just over over five hours. I mean, if it wasn't for that, you would have dipped under under five. But uh, you made up enough grounds, and and if you look at your overall time as well, a nine oh three. I mean, without that mechanical, you probably would have dipped under it.
0: Yeah, the mechanical was a was a pretty frustrating one. Um, that one hap- it happened shortly after the turnaround in in Ho- in Javi, as i was coming back down um the, the my crank arm just came loose and i think just from the travel with the bike uh and the crank was taken off during travel um the the bolt wasn't tightened all the way and unfortunately it decided to come loose uh middle of the race um so I was stuck uh the the crank the the crank arm fell off as as I was pedaling down Avi, so I had to get off the bike and I just started walking with my bike uh, and waited for some sub- support to come and come and help me out but uh i I ended up looking through my my files and it looks like I lost right around nine minutes from my mechanical, so quite a time
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that definitely would have got you on a nine <laughs> and and that could have got you I'm guessing pretty close to winning your age. group.
0: Yeah, it would have been a close one so um but you can't really live in the in the what ifs or what could have or, or what happened but sort of i was I was more pleased with uh the way that I responded um because a lot of times in that type of situation a lot of people sort of give up or quit um but it actually drove me to start pushing myself a little bit harder and seeing seeing how many guys that I could catch that I had already passed um, and just try try to play that game with myself of all right let let's.
1: So so much. So you ran a two fifty seven marathon, you must be pretty proud of that.
0: Yes, definitely. It was a it was my fastest run that I've ever had in Kona. Um so I was really pleased with that, especially with that that course. Uh the heat and, and it's not a flat course either. Uh it's a difficult one to run fast on, so I was really happy. I I guess I don't really pay too much attention to my, my run splits as I'm running. I do more so based on how I'm feeling and what's comfortable and in control. So I didn't even know what my, my run split
1: was until uh after I finished the race itself. And how special was it being on the podium with Jackie? That was the that was the best part. Uh it was
0: very, very nerve wracking because after I finished I, I grabbed my phone and started tracking her to see where she was at. Uh and then waiting at the finish line because we had we had made it a goal before the race where like it would be really, really special if both of us could get on the podium. And we knew we both had a shot if, if things lined up and we both had pretty good days out there. So um, I remember just standing at the finish line and, and watching uh, the first couple of girls from our age group come in. And then the fourth one came in. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I, and I checked the tracker and saw that she was in her last mile. So I was like, each girl that came across the finish line, I was like, Oh no, please don't be in her age group. <laughs> um, and, and there, there she came across and I was like, she did it. She got fifth. And uh, it was, it was, quite the feeling uh knowing that we both had done it done it so uh we were both really excited about it
1: <laughs> when i spoke to jackie uh, before we started recording she mentioned to me that you could eat your body weight in ice cream <laughs> especially when it's in a, in a <laughs> when it's in a wooden bowl is that true
0: <laughs> oh we definitely uh after the race we 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 went and uh filled up uh both of our bowls from the awards we sold it with uh, a gallon of ice cream both of us each uh, and we went and sat uh, sat on the beach
1: and both ate ice cream out
0: of our bowls as a celebration
1: <laughs> i love that absolutely love that ryan looking at your performance this year you've been a few times now you've got the experience what's left to do on the big island for you i mean you talk about going back and how special it is because it's it's part of your, your wedding anniversary celebrations but from a, a a personal athletic ambition point of view what do you still want to do on that island
0: I think the the ultimate goal is to get on the get on the top step of the podium. Uh it's sort of been one of my I had two goals that I sort of set out um for for this year and going forward and that was to to get on the top step at both um 70.3 world championships and at the the Ironman World Championships in Kona. So uh I I was I was able to get the one in uh I it, get the one in in 70.3 world this year out in australia so that was a really nice race out there um so i just have have one more to go
1: <laughs> sounds sounds awesome speaking of 70.3 world champs 2018 port elizabeth here in south africa are we going to see you and jackie <laughs> it
0: sounds like an incredible trip it's always been on my list of places to come to go so uh we'll see we still have to plan out next year we don't even really have any uh races planned out so
1: uh we take it year to year well, you've got a great excuse now. So <laughs> we we hope we hope you can make it. Ryan, it's been awesome catching up here on the Kona Edge. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to, to chatting in, in future episodes about uh, the individual disciplines, but we'll save that for next time if that's good.
0: All right. Definitely. Thanks, Brad. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for the Kona Edge.